This week's episode of the Gaucho 9 podcast is brought to you by our friends at Kyle's Kitchen. Check out their locations in Goleta and Santa Barbara and their new restaurant in Isla Vista. Kyle's Kitchen, great food from great people. This episode also brought to you by Gaucho Social Media. Check us out on Instagram, UCSB underscore baseball, as well as Twitter, UCSB underscore baseball. Check out UCSB Analytics on Twitter as well, SB Baseball Data. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter as well to search Gaucho 9 Podcast. This week, we've got assistant coach Dylan Jones. He works with the pitchers with Coach Checkets, and because the Gauchos are short-staffed, this fall, he is also handling the infielders and the catchers. So we had a nice conversation about his baseball background, his path to coaching, his path to UC Santa Barbara, and then his impressions from the fall season, from the returners, some of the pitchers, some of the infielders, and his impressions on uh, some of the new players as well. We get into some some coaching things. So good conversation with Dylan Jones. Uh, so that's coming up. We also would like to let you guys know that we will be live streaming the last scrimmage of the fall on Friday afternoon at around 2.30 p.m. Keep tabs on Instagram and Twitter. We'll be uh, making an official announcement, but we plan on doing a live stream. I'll be doing play-by-play with a single camera from behind home plate uh, for the last scrimmage of the fall, and it will be the final game of the blue gold scrimmage the teams uh two captains connor roberts and connor dan pick the teams and uh, that will be on friday so we're looking forward to that um we'll update you on instagram and twitter and uh let you know where to be able to find that we plan on having that available to stream on the ucsbgauchos.com website on the baseball page so that'll be 2 30 on friday live stream with a single camera with yours truly doing some play-by-play. So we thought we'd throw that in there for you guys who uh, haven't seen Gaucho baseball in 10 months. Okay, let's get to Dylan Jones. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. Here's the one-strike pitch, and Mitchell belts the deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He strikes out the side for the second consecutive inning. And Armani belts it to deep center. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? Here's the 0-2 pitch. And a curveball is swung on him. And the score is due. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the Big West. All right, today on the Gaucho 9 podcast, we have... Gaucho assistant coach Dylan Jones, who hails from the state of Oregon and has got a magnificent beard and is doing a magnificent job with, uh, he's doing a, a multi- multitude of things along with everybody else who is on staff right now and, and permitted to be at Caesar Wasaka Stadium working with the players. Uh, he's just one of the one of the guys that are doing many, many things, but uh, I wanted to get Dylan on because he's newly promoted to the position of assistant coach. Uh, that happened last year, and this fall he's been working with the pitchers as well as the infielders uh, and doing some recruiting for, for the first time. So, 
Dylan, what's what's happening? It's uh it's the last week of fall. Uh, you you excited that we made it all the way through? Are you surprised we made it all the way through? Um, and has it been? I think it's been good overall, at least from my perspective. I think you probably agree. Yeah, I mean, I think it is a little crazy that we're we're at the end of it. it feels like we just started, really. Um, but I think that that's just we're, we finally got rolling, got got some scrimmages going, and time flies when when you're having fun, I guess. But uh, it, it, I, our team has done a great job. Um, you know, the players we put their trust in them to to follow the rules and the guidelines that we have, so we can practice, and they've done a great job. And and you know, got to give their hats off to them and all the administrators and, and trainers and, and people touching our program have, have really helped us get, get through this fall and, you know, get a lot of much needed work in for some guys that haven't played baseball in, in almost a year. So um, it's been, it's been very refreshing to be able to show up and, and go to the field every day, see the guys um, and, and get some work in versus doing it on zoom. So it's, it's been a great fall so far, very different, but it's been, it's been really good. Very different and, and invaluable the the time that we have have had and the the progress that we have made as a group just getting ready for another gaucho baseball season to happen in, in twenty twenty one. It's hard to believe that, that we're almost there again. So well let's dig into to your career before we get into some of the stuff that we've seen in the fall. Because you like Coach Checkett's also hail from the state of Oregon, and you also played at Oregon State. So what was your playing days like uh, at Oregon State? Because you were a two-way guy. So that, that that may have helped you in your current state because you're doing stuff with the infielders and stuff with the pitchers, but you were a two-way player at Oregon State. So like, how did you get to, to play it for the Beavers, and what did you do after you finished uh, playing at OSU? Uh, yeah, I spent, I spent two, yard, two years at a junior college in Mount Hood, right outside Portland, um, playing summer ball and, and, and playing for the Corvallis Knights, I guess. I was around the, the Beaver coaches and, and people a lot, and I played well enough for them to, to um, ask me to come join join the team with them. So that was kind of how that happened. Um, you know, funny story, Chuck's actually recruited me when he was at Oregon, and I, I went the other way, so <laughs> glad, glad I got the, uh, the the second time second time around. I got got the t- opportunity to work with him, um, but that's that's kind of a funny story. Um, played at Oregon State for two years. Um, I pitched, played first base in a little outfield, um, and then after that, we went to the uh, or I went to Australia, played there for a year. Um, kind of thought my playing days were over, and then. Buddy called me up one day and said, "Hey, uh, I'm looking for a. You know, I was coaching a high school team at the time, and and he said, "Hey, uh, I need a first baseman and a pitcher." And I said, "Oh, I got a guy for you, coaching summer ball." And he goes, "Nope, I need you. We're going to Australia <laughs> in two weeks." And I said, "Okay, uh, let me let me think this through." And then I think 30 seconds later, I said, "Let's do it." So, <laughs> took off, went and played there. Um, and then came back and finished school the next year, next two years, um, and was an undergrad assistant um, at Oregon State as well. So Australia, you played with uh, Virgil. I did. Is that, is that right? Yeah, we went over that with the in the Virgil podcast in uh, in Perth. In Perth, yeah, it was a little weird because I was 
I was on the state league team and I was also on the ABL team. So wasn't there every weekend, but a, a lot of the home weekends, couple road trips, but, but ended up winning the championship with them. So that was, that was pretty neat that we circled back years later in, in Santa Barbara. <laughs> That's sweet. So you, co- you go back to OSU, you, you're working as a, as a graduate assistant. So how did you make your way to UCSB? Cause you came here, oh man, three, four years ago? Four years arrived ago. in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Fourth. August was the start of the fourth. Um, you know, a couple, couple years back, I guess, uh, the, the ops position became available and, you know, I was at a junior college. I was at Lynn Benton, um, coaching there as the pitching coach, um, knew I wanted to, to get to the division one level or, or, you know, take a next step in my coaching career. And the outlet that came available was, was the ops position. And then, you know, kind of hung around and, and, and made my way up from there, but um, kind of getting my foot in the door and, and having that opportunity started it all. Yeah. And did you have uh, some kind of inspiration that led you to want to be a coach? Cause it sounds like you did. You, you kind of just felt or did you fall into it? Was it something that you thought about when you were playing or when you were in college or did it just kind of happen after you, you were, you were done playing? I think that, uh, I think I knew that I wanted to get in coaching from a young age, um, like high school probably. Um, and I think that's cause I had some really good coaches from little league to, to middle school to high school that, you know, baseball is kind of all I knew at the time. And, and, up until that time. And, you know, my, my thoughts were, let's be a, a high school teacher and, and baseball coach at the high school level. And, um, you know, I think once I got a, a taste of college baseball and, and what that was all about, I, I kind of set my sights a little, a um, little differently um, and, and wanted to go on that path to get to the college level. Um, but, you know, it, it's the coaches that impacted me and influenced me in, in, in my life and my career where I'm at now. Um, I think it's it's a great opportunity to be able to do that for um, the players that I get to work with every day um, and, and the people that you're around. So, um, you know, coaching's a part of it and, and the X's and O's and all that stuff on the field, but, um, you know, kind of setting people up for, for beyond baseball and, and years to come is, is fun. That's really, it's really exciting. As much as winning is, it's, it's nice to see guys, you know, win um, in other aspects of their life as well. Yeah, I agree. Being around players as as long as I have at this point, it's really neat to see them come in, watch them grow, watch them succeed, and watch them move on, and then watch them succeed some more, whether it be playing professionally or picking up a new job or, or going and working at some at some big position and, and having success. And uh, yeah, that's I, I'm right there with my sentiments as well. So let's dig into some of the stuff that's transpired over the summer or lack thereof uh, and fall. Cause when coach Ferg, coach Fergus took the position with the twins at the end of last fall, if I'm getting that right. January ish. I think. Yeah. You were promoted to the uh, assistant coach position. You were the volunteer at that point. So you were doing clinics and camps and you still kind of were, uh, for a, a, a couple months or so until we hired uh, Quinn Hawksworth, who came in to be a volunteer during the season, uh, this past season. Everything gets so muddy 
right now. Like when was 2019? When was 2020? Like 2019 might have been in January. Who knows? But <laughs> you're promoted to the assistant coach position, which means you got to head out on the recruiting trail. And so the summer, obviously, lack of games, lack of travel ball stuff. You're not going to Arizona or Nevada or or to even you know Northern California to watch games. You got to do all kinds of stuff online. What are some of the difficulties that that has provided, or has it been, or is this this what you know since you're new to the recruiting? So, how has that been for you? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I think uh, congrats to Fur for being good at his job. Helped me get my job. That was big time during the COVID COVID era with the camps and everything being shut down. Um, I think the recruiting has been, it's kind of all I know at this point. I know Chex Fontino give me, give me a little grief that, you know, your first year doing it, you didn't have to go and sit in Arizona for hundred degree days, 120 degree days and go up to NorCal and sit in the heat. You're, you're doing it from your couch and over zoom. So um, that's been a little funny. Um, but I, I think that it's kind of what we do as coaches all the time with a new team or, or new system, whatever it may be, but we just got to adapt and, and make the most of it. Um, and so we've got good. You got to get, got to trust some guys that you're talking to, reach out to coaches and, um, you know, hopefully get the right kids on the phone with the the, the right aspirations and, and goals, you know, kind of align and, Zoom is the way to go. We have a lot, a lot of Zooms. Um, obviously, we can't meet with, with guys face-to-face, whether that be on campus or off campus. So, um, obviously, throwing a little bit of a wrench in things, but we've been able to, to get some really good good guys to commit and, and guys that we think they're going to, you know, um, help, help, help um, hire the standard of, of Gaucho baseball. Um, and, and that's what we're supposed to do, and that's what we're here to do. And I, I think we've been doing a good job of that so far. Well, so in normal times, if you are a, a junior college player or a high school player, like obviously the best thing is to be seen in person. You, you want to be seen in person at, at, at JOs or at, for, with your high school team or travel ball or area codes. Like that's, that's the best way to be seen. But there is a compliment to that. And that would be, you know, a video or a profile. And nowadays, at least for probably a, a little while longer, like having a quality video is probably really beneficial, especially for the coaches, you know, something that's well done. Is there a certain style or like a compilation or certain angles or like details that you want to see on a, on a prospect video as a coach? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the more, the, the better, um, you know, if it's a pitcher, we like to see full innings, a full inning of work, not just, you know, I threw seven innings yesterday, but I'm going to show you the 30 pitches that I threw for strikes and swing and misses. Um, you know, you want to see how they walk around the mound. You want to see how they attack hitters, you know, do, do a lot of different stuff. Um, you know, on the, on the hitting side of things, you don't want a guy that's just going to show you, Hey, I, I got a, I hit a double and a home run last weekend, but I was two for 20, you know, um, we kind of want to see more at bats, how they adjust, how they, um, see pitches, you know, all kinds of things like that. Um, I think to go along with video, 
um, in, in the high school world, you know, I think there's some, some blast, uh, motion numbers and, and rap soto numbers that, um, kind of help paint, uh, and tell the story, paint the picture and tell the story a little bit more than just a video. So guys that have that is, is, you know, very beneficial in, in, in what we're doing. Um, but you know, the more, the more that you see, the better, uh, I guess is, is what it comes down to. It's, um, it's not a perfect, it's not a perfect world, perfect system right now, but it's, it's what we have to do. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's ironing out and, and finding those fine details of, of the guys that we want to want to get to campus. Yeah, so you bring up a couple of uh, analytics things, the, the blast sensor, it's a little sensor that goes in the knob of the bat that measures your swing, different parts and components of the swing angles and, and other details and then Rapsodo is a it's a radar unit that sits behind the catcher or it sits in front of the pitcher and it measures or records uh, like the release of the ball out of the hands or uh, the velo the spin rate efficiency all that stuff from a, from a pitcher so if you're a high school player JC player if you're able to get access to that and and get some kind of some data that you can present like then that's extremely beneficial so that being said have you always been an analytically driven player or coach? Is it something new to you? Because here at UCSB, like we've been pretty analytically driven for probably the last five, six years. And it's gotten more and more and more advanced uh, as we've progressed. Have you always been an analytically driven coach or is it something that was new to you when you came here? Uh, definitely not. I, I would say, you know, people like to use the words old school versus new school. I, I would say I was more on the old school side of things. Um, some of that stems coming from, it wasn't around when I was playing really, um, unless it was well beyond, um, you know, college baseball. Um, and then I was at a junior college for three years. And I think the resources there are a little, uh, a little lighter to say, to say the least, um, you know, some of this stuff takes, takes some money and, and some time. And, and then getting, getting to, to Santa Barbara, um, it was, it was, you know, a, a different, different style and, and, and a different route than I had gone on the coaching side of things. And, you know, I think for the most part, I would say I was a little stubborn early, but then you kind of see more and more how, how it's beneficial, um, how you can, uh, really help guys grow and, and develop just uh, individually but then you see beyond as far as game planning you see you know what guys to look for when you're recruiting you there's there's so many ways that it can help you um and and it's it's you know i think our our job right now is to try and blend the the tech and all that stuff and analytics um and and, and some mentality hard nose you know um toughness and kind of meshing those two worlds together and um you know, I, I don't think that there's one way to do anything um, or, or one way to coach somebody. So you got to kind of have to be able to talk. Some guys like it more. Some guys, you know, if you're, you're in a bullpen, some guys are looking at it at, at a rap soda every pitch and trying to figure something out. And some guys are saying, coach, just tell me what to do. I, I trust what you guys are doing. Um, and so you, there's, there's a broad spectrum of, of what guys want. And so there's a broad spectrum of how we, we need to, to relay that message to those guys. But um, I think it's something that, that I've seen, seen some benefits from um, and, and, and something that, 
I think we're going to continue to, to, to dive into and, and see how far we can take it and, and, and what we can find. So is the, is the phenomenon of the hound pound something that is meshing analytics and hard-nosed baseball on the pitching side of things? <laughs> um, it, it's funny you say that. Um, I, I would say the hound pound was, uh, was created by the guys, the, the, the pitchers, which I think is the way it should be. That's something that they kind of created and uh, created this persona about. Um, but I think it's, it's a way for them to keep each other accountable. It's a way for them to say, hey, that's not what we do here. That's, this is how we do. This is how we're going to act. This is how we're going to carry ourselves. This is how we're going to work. Um, and it kind of just gives guys the, the, the opportunity to, to, to hold each other accountable. And I, I think it's great. You have a little fun with it. You know, we had some shirts made that first year and um, kind of taken off from there. But um, I would say there, there's, a lot, there's a lot of different aspects that go into to being a Hound Pound member. Got to earn your stripes. <laughs> I love that because coaching, like, yes, you're, you're doing the X and O's you're working on release point. You're working on how are you, what's your attitude and weights, like diet, all that stuff. Like you're trying to, to coach these guys on those things, but then you're also trying to coach them on the accountability side, the, the chemistry side, the, how are you interacting with your fellow teammates? Like, what is right, what is wrong, how, the, the whole, this is how we do things here. Like it's different everywhere. And that's another big part of coaching is recognizing all of the personalities and trying to find a way to mess them all together. And that doesn't mean that everybody's happy all the time. Sure. It means that you gotta, there'll be growing pains and there'll be little niches here and there. But I think that's the most difficult part of the coaching side because we all know we all know the game we all know the game when you grind it down to a nub it's it's generally the same thing everywhere around it's just a, a different way of saying it but is there a, a way that you approach the accountability and the the chemistry side of of coaching yeah uh that's, that's I, a loaded question very very loaded question um I would say it depends year to year. It, it depends on, you know, if you have an older group, a younger group, uh, an experienced group, a, a experienced group. Um, I think that, that we're in a place right now where um, we have some pretty, pretty strong leaders um, on our group, a group of guys that, that are on a mission. And, and um, I've always found that when, when the team is able to take ownership of that, um, and, and the coaches don't have to do it as much as far as the chemistry and the, the accountability and work ethic, you know, we're going to give them, uh, you know, give them some guidelines to follow, push them in the right direction. But once they really grasp onto to certain things and, um, you know, make it their own, if they feel like it's theirs, then I think that that's kind of what we're striving for. Um, then, like I said, they hold each other accountable and, and they push each other. You know, showing them to practice every day is I got to be better than that guy next to me so that he can be better. Um, and and in, in turn, that makes the team better. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of different ways to do it, but I, I think it just kind of depends on, on what kind of personnel you have and, and what kind of personalities you have um, on any given year. And, yeah, and from a, a personal side, like 
when I played, I had a hard time recognizing that. I don't think I could see that as a player. I wasn't that aware. And now that I've been here at UCSB for 10 years, like... Good for I, you. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> if, I, if I look back at each year, like, I can... I can start to pick apart and, and tell us like, okay, yes, I remember that year. Like we had so-and-so we, they were here for X amount of years and it just, you kind of showed up and there was certain expectations for each day. And then if there are teams that weren't great, like that didn't ha that didn't happen or it had, it had some flaws. So like I have started to be able to recognize that. And I think that's a, that's a big part of the, the work that goes into putting a quality product on the field during the regular season. So last little segment here, let's talk about the, the current fall because we've been practicing for uh, six weeks. And so you've had to carry two torches. You've been doing pitchers. And because the Gouchers have not had a volunteer assistant for the fall, we elected to go without a volunteer. You've had to do uh, work with the infielders as well. So how have you balanced preparing a, a practice plan and, and a general plan of development for the infielders and also with, with the pitchers. And of course you have help from coach Fontino and, and coach Checkets as well, but I see you doing stuff on the infield and then you're running over to a bullpen to watch a guy throw. So you're kind of bouncing around a bunch of different places. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, I think we touched you might, on you might be, you might be living the dream. Is, is all I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, I'm coaching in Santa Barbara. That's it's uh, doesn't get much better. But um, I, I would say it's it's been a lot of fun to to, to work with those guys. You know, I, I was an infielder in college, so I I kind of been able to go back to some of that stuff. And and you know, obviously the the position has evolved and what guys are teaching and talking about. But you know, I think a lot of this fall has just been getting guys reps. You know, there was no summer ball. There was no end of spring. Like we just need to see ground balls, ground balls, ground balls. Um, and it was a little interesting earlier. I think we had four groups, um, you know, kind of our pods or whatever. I think one group had six infielders, right? One group had one, one group had two, one guy had a group, had a guy couldn't throw. So there wasn't much going on. So you know, in the infield, you want a little chemistry to be able to turn a double play or, or, or know where each person is around the infield. And um, I think that took some time early, but since we've transitioned into the, the scrimmages and, and more full team practice, it's, you know, it's nice that those guys are showing up and knowing each other and, and getting a feel of, of where I want to turn it, how I want to turn it. Um, hey, I'm going to be here. So that means you got to do this. Um, but, but it's fun. It's an exciting, you know, it's an exciting uh, way to coach and be around that, that those, those guys have a big impact on, on the defensive side of things. And um, it's been nice to do, to do, to do that and go back to it. You know, I've, I've kind of always wanted to, and um, you know, this will be the, uh, this will be the time to do it. Obviously COVID circumstances are not the most ideal and why I wanted to do it, but, but I think it's, it's been fun. Um, it's been fun working with those guys and then still, still doing it with the, the pitchers. Um, you know, it's, you get, you get to touch a lot of guys, you know, sometimes you don't have as, as a greater relationship with a posi position. That's not somebody who you're working with every day. So it's been nice to get to, to be more of the team, see more of the team and, you know, interact with, with a lot of those guys. And, and, you know, especially those new guys who haven't done it before. Hey, this is how we do it. And, um, 
these are the guys to watch and follow and, um, you know, see what they're doing. Cause they do it, they do it right. A lot of the time. Um, um, so kind of getting that across has, has been a lot of fun. So who's like a, a returning guy who's impressed you the most coming out of the, the long layoff and the returners, huh? Yeah. Um, on the, on the infield, on the infield. Um, you know, I, I, McLean O'Connor's one, he's, you know, he's always done it, but he, he came back, he's gotten a little stronger, a little bit, a little bit more physical. Um, but he's just kind of steady Eddie in the infield and he's going to bring, um, bring that mentality every day. Um, and, and, and the swings coming and he's, he's going to be a big impact impact player. Um, I think Marcos is going to have a big year, um, in, in um, you know, offensively and def- defensively. Um, and then a guy that we, we missed last year, who I think is going to be a, a big impact player for us is, is uh, Bryce Willits. Um, you know, he had a little arm or shoulder issue last year, but he's been, he's got a very, very good glove over there. He could play pretty much anywhere in the infield if we needed him to, but he's been spending a lot of time at third. Um, and his, his stick in the lineup is going to be, is going to be really big for us this year. So I think, having those, that experience, um, at, at third short and, uh, and second is going to be really big for us. Um, but there's, there's some new guys that are, that are chomping at the bit that are ready to, uh, you know, push those guys and make sure that they're staying on their A game. So, yeah. So, so who's a, a newcomer who's impressed you the most? Who, uh, you know, a, a guy that really stands out to me right now is probably, uh, Leo Mosby. Um, he has, he has been better than anticipated at the plate driving balls out of the, out of the yard. And, and, then you know, um, defensively, I think that once he kind of gets some more reps and some more experience, I, I think he's going to uh, take over a spot in, on the left side of the infield one day. Um, he's kind of a versatile guy that could play just about anywhere in the infield as well. Um, and he, he spent some time during quarantine, uh, you know, taking care of the body. We had, a, we have some, some incoming guys that did a very good job of uh, coming in the right way and using the, uh, the downtime to their advantage. Okay. The other thing I forgot to mention is you're also helping out with catchers. You got a left-handed catcher's glove in your locker. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and you love that thing, but the catching, catching is a hard position. This, how is uh, the, the core of catchers, done for you this fall because we got Johnny Bloom, Mason Ang, and John Newman who've who've been the kind of the core of, of catchers this fall. So what's it been like working with them? Well I think, you know, Mace and Johnny are two outstanding defensive players. Um I, I think that, you know, Johnny Bloom came back and and you know watching him during quarantine and what he did, he he built a little gym in his house and took a little side yard and turned it into a, his weight room, his little cage. Um, and you, you could tell that he was working and getting better. And, you know, Mason Ang comes back and he's, he, he stuffs every ball. He's accurate thrown behind the plate. Um, I, uh, the pitchers love throwing to him. Um, so he's been great. Those guys are leading the charge. Um, and then John Newman, he's a guy that, you know, uh, no stranger to the weight room. He's a pretty physical football guy coming in. Um, 
I think it, it hurt him a little early that he wasn't able to, to work with Mace and Johnny and just see how to go about things and, and, you know, what, what movements we're looking for and that kind of thing. But, you know, he's, he's a guy that the first couple pens pitchers were fired up throwing their bullpens. Cause he was just mentality blocking in a bullpen and diving to keep it in front. And, um, you know, he's, he's earned a little bit of respect because of how he goes about his business. Um, and I think he's going to be special one day once he, we start to really learn the position a little bit. And um, once he learns who the pitchers are on the pitching staff and, and what their stuff is and um, you know, how, how, how they're supposed to pitch. And I think that's tough for a lot of new guys, especially on the catching side of thing is he's worried about his stuff. He's worried about online school He's worrying about, you know, maybe some new things offensively, some new things we're talking about defensively. And then he's got to worry about, you know, 15 pitchers that he's got to make feel like they're really good. Um, so it's it's a lot to handle. Um, and I think he's done a good job, um, you know, find, finding ways to do that and, and, and learn and grow throughout this fall. Okay, so save the best for last. Uh, last year, Gaucho's pitching – really just dominated the, the 15 games that they played and and led the charge. And there's a lot of statistics that we've gone over that support that. And pretty much everybody's coming back. The the, the starting staff, the, the bullpen, the relievers, and we're getting some additions as well. So it all goes to believe that Gauss will be strong again on the mound. So that being said, what who has impressed you on the bump? In the fall, because I, I think the pitching's been outstanding, um, it, especially with like McGreevy and Boone going to work. So, what kind of uh, what kind of stuff has impressed you from from the pitching staff so far? I, I would say, you know, Coach Checks and I talk about this a lot, but you know, I think that the way that our returners came back. Um, it was, it was pretty impressive. You know, they, we hadn't seen them for seven months. Um, and almost everybody came back with, you know, they had put on some good weight. Um, we're throwing a tick harder, you know, a breaking pitch got better, a changeup got better. Um, and, and, and have really, uh, you know, let, use that time to the, to their advantage and didn't use it as an excuse but but found ways to get better and you can see that with some guys um you know obviously McGreevy and Boone McGreevy's thrown a little harder there this year Boone's been putting together a breaking ball that that he hasn't really had in the past um you got guys like Chris Troy coming back who was an absolute workhorse during this time and is starting to see it on the mound um I think guys like Ryan Harvey and and Corey Lewis have, have made some huge jumps and, and, um, you know, with their stuff, with the velocity and, and just with their overall presence and, you know, having that extra year of experience helps. Um, you got, I mean, I could go on, but Carter Benbrook, uh, JD Callahan, you know, those guys have come back and, and, and shown some good, uh, some, some strides moving forward and, 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 and working to get better. And it's, it's, it's been fun to see so far. Yeah, you mentioned Harvey and Lewis. We didn't see Corey Lewis on the mound last year. We did see a little bit of, of Ryan Harvey, and they are they are different guys, without question. They're they're different guys with their stuff. They're different guys with their poise and how they carry themselves. You know, when they're 
when they're sitting behind home plate doing charts or when they're responsible for doing something during cleanup, like they are different guys. Uh, lots of newcomers as well on the mound and, and some talent, some talent that has surprised me. So about some new, some newcomers who've shown for you. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Clayton Hall um, is going to be a, a big arm for us, probably at the bullpen. He'll probably, tag team up with with ct and uh connor roberts and connor dan and kind of be in the mix for that back end stopper type guy um i think nick welch is probably um one of our 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 better freshmen as far as just knowledge of the game being able to make adjustments um and some of his stuff i think he's going to be a a pretty pretty special arm one day um michael rice has been um, a, a good, good, uh, good surprise for us. Um, you know, he's, he's attacking, throwing strikes, um, and, and learning some of the, some of the stuff we're talking about, trying to get his stuff better. And, you know, um, I like his mentality and poise on the mound and, um, he, he's an athlete up there. So that's been fun to watch, but, um, you know, it's, it's kind of nice that those, those new guys get to see what it looks like for, you know, having some guys that have been back for, for a few years, you know, Dan and Roberts have been in Santa Barbara for a while. Um, and, and I think obviously last year with the draft, um, probably wasn't the best for them as I think they would have got picked up, but, you know, I think it allows them to, to have another year of, of an experience that they'll, they'll never be able to remember or never forget. Um, and, and it's nice that those young guys get to see, what some hard work and, and doing things right. And, uh, you know, being a part of our, our program, what that really means. Yeah. So there's some of the, the added benefits, like we're slowly uncovering them as we move along is, Oh yeah. Like we probably wouldn't have Connor Roberts and, and Connor Dand here. Just two, two more guys who have, who knows how to know how to do it. They've been there before they've got, routines that are rock solid and they've got stuff and they can back it up on the mound. So, you know, that's just a one example of like, Oh yeah, we probably wouldn't have had them in normal circumstance. And that's an added benefit to the new guys coming in to the coaching staff. Who's working with everybody. Like it's yeah. Like I said, we're slowly uncovering these things. Like as we move forward where it's like, Oh yeah, this is, this is probably this, this wouldn't have happened. So, uh, Okay, that's a that's an awesome report, Dylan. We've got one week left. We got the, I guess the the blue gold series this week. I I haven't really looked over the rosters. We had the players drafted everybody, uh, but but I'm looking forward to it. I think the scrimmages have been fun, and uh, look look forward to to finishing this up and having a good week. So thanks for the time this morning. I'm sure you got practice plans to prepare for, and uh, we'll see you at the yard uh, later today. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to this last week. We'll uh, we'll see what happens with the World Series, but I know that people are going to start talking this week, so that that should bring a little excitement to the to the last week of practice. But uh, you know, until until we see you at the field, adios, go chos. All right, thank you to our sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen, and thank you to Coach Jones for sitting in, talking about fall ball and his baseball past.
Good conversation. Hope you enjoyed that. Another reminder that we will be live streaming the last scrimmage of the fall on Friday afternoon at 2.30. Check out the website, ucsbgouches.com, for the link. That's most likely where it will be, uh, and we will update you on Instagram and Twitter throughout the week as to where you'll be able to find that, when it's going to happen. We're pretty sure it will be starting at 2.30, the scrimmage time. So something to look forward to at the end of this week, and we'll be able to recap the whole fall season on uh, next week's podcast as well. Okay, 2.30 Friday. We'll see you on the live stream. And uh, yeah, have a great week.